Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Mark chapter 10 presents us with three cases, all related to whether or not believers will enter into the kingdom of the heavens. The best known of these cases concerns a rich young man who approached the Lord Jesus wanting to know what he must do in order to have eternal life. The Lord's word shocked the young man, as well as the Lord's disciples, for he instructed him to go and sell all that he had and give it to the poor. Well, the young man turned and walked away, knowing that he was unable to meet such a demand. And then this famous exchange took place between the Lord Jesus and his followers. And Jesus, looking around, said to his disciples, How difficult it will be for those who have riches to enter into the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus again answered and said to them, Children, how difficult it is for those who trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. But they were astonished beyond measure and said among themselves, Then who can be saved? Looking upon them, Jesus said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. James Lee has joined us as we continue our fellowship from Mark chapter 10. James, what I'd like to do in our opening today is spend a few minutes for those who may not be that familiar with this ministry and how we understood and taught concerning the matter of the kingdom. I think this passage is a good one to uh, have this discussion on because it illustrates that even the disciples here at this stage were not so clear. They thought the Lord's word was really talking about salvation, obviously, when he was specifically talking about entering into the kingdom. And uh, I think most believers, it's fair to say, in Christianity today, consider these are uh, synonyms, the kingdom, going to heaven, being in the kingdom, entering the kingdom, all the same thing. But really, if we read carefully, that's not what the New Testament presents us with, is it? The kingdom of God is a big subject in the Bible. It covers a broad realm. Of course, when we believed into Jesus Christ, we were transferred into God's kingdom. Right. And that is true. But God's kingdom is not limited just only with that realm of experience. There is definitely the aspect of the reward of the kingdom as a reward to those believers who, after being saved, they continue to love Christ, to pursue Christ, to gain Christ, grow in Christ. So especially in light of this passage, the kingdom of God referred to here is not so much the salvation aspect when we first believe in Christ, that is already taken care of. But it just after we believe into Christ, we have to take care of some things in our Christian life. And in order to be brought to the stage that we can be counted worthy to inherit the kingdom or to receive the reward of the kingdom. Yeah, a couple of things I think uh, maybe we can make a couple of points just to illustrate this. As you said, a big topic and one we can't hope to you know exhaust in the short amount of time we have. But at least we can point out that there's nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the New Testament where uh, doing something like selling all of our 
possessions and giving that money to the poor is a condition of our being saved. That's not part of the gospel message, is it? I mean, no. we know that we're saved by faith, not Absolutely. by works. That's right. So this must not be what the Lord is talking about here. That's right. And in fact, he says, no, it's a matter related to our entrance into the kingdom. And this, as you rightly pointed out, That's is right. the aspect of the kingdom that is uh, the potential reward for the believers who have not out of their own strength carried out such things but have learned, as we'll see again in our program today, how to take Christ, our Savior, as both our Savior and our replacement. That's right. Well, James, uh, let's get into the other two matters. As I mentioned in the opening here, this chapter, chapter 10, really touches three big cases. Yeah. Uh, the one we just have been talking about, the matter of this uh, rich young man who was stumbled by his possessions, his wealth, uh, is the third of the three. The first one is a dialogue that the Lord entered into regarding the matter of divorce and marriage. And, of course, marriage uh, can be a big stumbling block and is definitely related to whether or not we will enjoy that portion of the kingdom as our reward. If we don't handle this matter properly, it will make it very hard for any believer to enter into this reward aspect of the kingdom. That's right. All right, here's what this leave with our first portion. Three things would always frustrate us from the entering in to the kingdom. You have to realize by that time, Peter, John, James, all the disciples, they all had been brought into the way to enter into the kingdom. Now, in chapter 10, they are on the way, but they need to be taught that three things are also on the way to foresee them. What are these three? Number one, marriage. Number two, oldness. And then number three, riches. Money. For all of us to enter into the kingdom, we need to handle these three things rightly. Do you know, dear saints, God created man. But God didn't create all men he needed. He only created a couple for them to propagate. Right? And the propagation of mankind is through marriage. This is why in Hebrews 13, we are told that we have to honor marriage. Marriage is a thing too holy because marriage is so crucial, only second to God's creation. Without creation, humankind can never come into existence. But without marriage, humankind can never be propagated. No creation, no beginning of mankind, no marriage, no propagation of mankind, then there's no fulfillment of God's purpose. Then in marriage, you must be honest. You must be faithful, and you must be pure. Be careful. If you are not faithful, if you are not pure in marriage, you would offend God to the uttermost. This is why in the Bible, God condemns all the time Fornication, adultery. Fornication, adultery is only second to idol worship. The biggest sin offending God is to worship the idols. Then another sin that is second 
to this idolatry is fornication. It's a serious thing. If you don't handle your marriage properly, this will frustrate you from entering into the kingdom. You know, uh, James, listening to this, I think uh, when Witness Lee spoke this message, it was uh, something like, or maybe more than 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just thinking now about even the state of things in our current society, uh, 20 years after he's talking about this. Uh, if anything, it is a much worse situation today, particularly related to this very important matter. Uh, it's not just divorce, it's the whole topic, right, of the male-female relationship, what has happened to it. And I was struck how serious God takes this matter, how important this is, even to the accomplishment of his purpose. This is a, a serious topic, isn't it? It is uh, indeed very important and uh, critical as far as God's eternal purpose is concerned, because this matter was touched in the very beginning of the Bible. God created a man and a woman and uh, they have a marriage. And that marriage of this man and woman, God explicitly said, they shall become one flesh, and no man should separate these two. Right. And under no conditions should these two be separated or divorced. And this was revealed even at the beginning of the Holy Word, showing this is high in God's heart after his creation of man. So as uh, Witness Lee pointed out, that uh, beside, next to creation, is this matter of marriage. Creation brings man into being, and through marriage, the human life is continued. So, and also beside this fact that union is a picture of the relationship God wants to have with man. Mm. And uh, God is jealous when we uh, divorce him, run away from him to love other gods or matters or persons. It is serious thing. And so God treats this matter very seriously. And God would not allow any kind of fornication to cause man to be separated from him. Mm. So this is part of the basic structure of the whole Bible, touching the basic relationship of God and man. Yeah, interesting. Uh, he puts it right up there with this matter of idolatry, and the two are very closely related, as you were That's saying right. there. When when Israel, for example, in the Old Testament, would forsake God to run after other gods, this was yeah. idolatry. But really, in a ty- in a way, this was a spiritual fornication, a spiritual adultery, wasn't it? Exactly. So usually, where idolatry is, there is fornication too. Yeah, I was just going to say these two things frequently go together. So in our society today, it's really on that kind of plane, and it really requires us as believers to bring our full attention and to be humble because uh, we're all still in the flesh. We're all very prone, aren't we? We need his covering, his protection, his saving in this sense day by day. That's right. That's why we really need this Christ as portrayed in this book of Mark, you know, as our replacement because through his death and his resurrection to deal with this lust within human being as a fallen man, no one is uh, exempt from this uh, problem. But in this gospel, we are presented this wonderful Savior who is our all-inclusive replacement, universal replacement. Wow. And um, this is the only solution, Chris, that we can be saved from this lust. Really so. Well, in this next section, James, we're going to go on to the second point, uh, which is the matter of oldness. I'll read a couple of verses. 
Well, also here at the beginning, he continues on this line of marriage, and I, I think a particularly uh, helpful word for young people, so we've included that as well. So we'll start out on the same topic, but then move on, uh, and I'm at verse 13 in chapter 10. And they brought little children to him so that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus, seeing it, was indignant and said to them, Allow the little children to come to me. Do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child shall by no means enter into it. And taking them into his arms, he fervently blessed them, laying his hands on them. So uh, there's more here than just the fact that the Lord Jesus loved the little children. Certainly he did, but he is sending, I think, a, a strong message to the disciples and also to us, as we'll see. Here's Witness Lee once more. I'd like to say where two young saints who have not gotten Mary yet. Tell me the truth. I love this country. One thing bothers me, that is the matter of sex. The young Americans are easy to get into marriage. Just after a few datings, okay, let's get married. Easy to marry, easy to divorce. Too many cases. They're saying don't get into marriage so easily. You have to get married through much prayer, through much prayer, through much consideration. Once you get married, that's it. After you get married, you just learn to be blind. Don't try to know any secrets about the other party. Don't investigate. If you investigate, you do the investigation before marriage. You need 240 eyes to observe the other party before waiting. Once a gaze, close all the eyes, you are a blind man. Everyone who is going to get married is blind. If you are not blind, you can never get married. Handle the matter of marriage in this way. I think good enough, right? The second thing is the matter of oldness. I consider so much why such a case is inserted into chapter 10. They all showed me, well, you have to realize everyone who is on the way to enter into the kingdom should not be old. You should be young, even a young child. Nothing old. Today, the hardest thing for the Christians is their oldness. We need to be young. Why the Lord Jesus treasured these young children? You see, he put them into his bosom. He embraced them. He treasured them. Why? Because the Lord Jesus purposely wanted to indicate that he expected all his followers would not be old. You know the disciples of John the Baptist? They only followed John the Baptist less than three years. They became old. They form a religion. Don't think we cannot. We are not so fresh every day. Manna should be only for one day. Any manna left for the next day will stink. Right? We need to be young, daily. We need to be refreshed. We need to be renewed. We need to be made newer and newer, fresher and fresher every day. 
don't keep the old names. Forget about the old names. James, this is a really interesting way to look at this passage on the young children being brought to the Lord Jesus and to see that, especially in light of the kingdom, there's nothing old that will enter into the kingdom, is there? That's right. In fact, if you talk about the final manifestation of the kingdom is finally what is called New Jerusalem. Right. So the whole city is new and uh, nothing of our oldness will qualify us to enter into the kingdom. And being old is a frustration, will hinder us to love the Lord in a fresh way. As I was listening to Winnesley just now, uh, how much it is even connected to marriage, you know, how we have to be fresh with the Lord. When we get old, that means we get stale in our relationship. Things become routine now, become formal. That's when it's easy to fall into all kinds of problems. And so I think this matter of us reminded to become children, just like the Lord's word to the church in Ephesus, don't leave your first love to the Lord. So if we can be fresh with the Lord, always so fresh, so new, that the Lord is always so dear to us, then we can also be preserved even in our marriage relationship with the Lord. James, quickly, I want to uh, investigate a little bit his bringing up this matter of John the Baptist, particularly his followers in this context. That may have uh, been uh, hard for some people to follow. Uh, Help us to see the connection between that and the oldness, newness thing that we're talking about. Well, John the Baptist, he was really fresh when he first came out to be the pioneer, opened the way for Jesus. Then his followers came in, but only after a short time, they became a new religion, a religion that is formal, that is just a routine following a kind of tradition. That became a real rivalry to Jesus, this living Savior. Right. So whenever we enter into something, we have to be always be careful. After a certain amount of time, if we are not fresh with the Lord, we pick up something and formalize a religion, a formality. And then we will lose the newness, which is vital for us to enter into the kingdom. We don't want to just merely be a routine Christian doing things in a traditional way, following a tradition. Right. Like the disciples of John, they became a religion, unfortunately. So what was initially something that the Lord brought in, he initiated. John yeah. the Baptist was uh, was there in the Lord's economy to right. usher in the Lord Jesus in his ministry. But even the following of John soon became old, traditional, and a kind of another religion. As Absolutely. you said, we see the case in the New Testament where John had his own disciples, his own followers. Why were they still following him when the Lord Jesus was on the scene? So this is a danger for all of us, exactly. not, not to hang on to anything old, right. to always exercise to be new and fresh with That's the Lord. Right. Okay, our final segment goes back to how we opened the program today and this matter of riches related to our entrance into the kingdom. Then the riches. My, when I was young, I was bothered by this person to sell everything. But at that time, I was a poor student. I didn't have much, even I was concerned if the Lord gives me this commandment to sell everything, I couldn't do it. I have a few items I treasure so much. I would never sell. <laughs> it bothers me. Then gradually, by studying the New Testament, I could see when Paul came up, Paul didn't say, Corinthians, if you mean business with the Lord, you have to sell everything and give to others. In Paul's writings, there is no such a thing. Yet, listen, 
Paul does stress that none of the believers should be under the bondage of wealth. Wealth must be under our feet. We should not be under the bondage of any wealth. The riches are for us, and we are not for riches. We must be free. We must use our riches for the fulfilling of God's purpose. Of course, as human beings, we need a living. We need to live on something. But we shouldn't be under slavery of money. That in a sense should not be our master. And we should not be its slave. Otherwise, we are under slavery, then we are true as far as the entering into the kingdom goes. You see, dear saints, we must not be damaged by marriage, by oldness, and by riches. In our hand, we have Christ. Christ has filled up our hand so we can handle the three things rightly for our entering into the kingdom of God. We handle the marriage with Christ. We handle the age matter with Christ. We handle the wealth, the money matter with Christ. You see, Christ and Christ, Christ, Christ replaces us in all these matters of marriage, oldness, and wealth. James, we only have a couple minutes left. I'd really like to use them. I don't know about you, but I'd like to use these two minutes uh, to talk about Christ and how we can handle him and have him as our replacement. We surely need him to replace us in all these matters, don't we? Absolutely. I appreciate what this one fact concerning this last final matter about wealth, riches. You know, after this young man said, I couldn't do it, I had too much uh, to get rid of, (laughs) and he left. He just left a little bit too early because he didn't stay long enough to hear what Jesus had to say. Right. Because Jesus, at the end, he recognized that with man, it is impossible. To God, all things are possible, implying that the Lord wanted him to sell everything he had. He didn't expect that he would, by his own strength, could accomplish that. So he needed that all-inclusive Christ as his replacement to do that for him. He has to be open to him for that. But unfortunately, that rich man left a little bit too soon and not be able to hear that word from the Lord. (laughs) But again, this is a little revelation, I feel. This is very precious to show us the only way we can really fulfill God's commandment and even to, to love him so purely, even in our marriage relationship, to reflect that relationship with God. And, uh, you know, to be so fresh and up-to-date with him and be right in our proper and our dealing with riches. We need this person. We need this all-inclusive Christ. And it's important that we have an attitude that we are really humbled and open before Mm -hmm. him. Lord, I need you. And he is the one who enables us to do what human beings are impossible to do. I like this imagery that he closes with here. Before we handle marriage, before we handle the relationship with the opposite sex, we need to first lay hold of Christ and have Christ in our hands. So he's really the one handling the relationship. He's the one uh, making us new, always new. He's always new and fresh to God. That's right. And that he is the one that is really handling the finance. That's right. The wealth, the riches. That's right. Uh, All these things not related to our being saved in the traditional sense, but Mm -hmm. related to how we enter into and enjoy the kingdom. That's right. 
Uh, well, this is our second time together, James, and uh, you're still smiling, so I'm going to assume that you're willing to come back again. We uh, invite well, you and hope you can do it soon. enjoyed the time here. Very good. We did, too. We hope you enjoyed it. We also hope that you'll contact us about the materials we have available, particularly these printed life study messages. If you'd like to get a copy for yourself so that you can follow along day by day, we invite you to call us. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. And we also invite you to stay with us day by day as we continue this life study of the Gospel of Mark. For James Lee, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening today. In both the first and last book of the Bible, God presents himself to man as the tree of life. Throughout the Bible, God is portrayed as food for man to eat and life for man to enjoy. In the tree of life, Witness Lee presents a view of God's heart that is little understood and seldom experienced by Christians today, revealing that it is God's desire that we receive Christ experience Christ, and enjoy Christ as our moment-by-moment supply. The Tree of Life from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That's 1-888-543-3788.